Hey everyone, welcome to the Behind the Scenes Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Audrey. And on this podcast, we share the messy, honest, unfiltered, and not so curated parts of our life. Think of this podcast as a bunch of bloopers with some truth bombs sprinkled throughout. That's right. We're going to be taking you behind the scenes of our daily routines, our social media feeds, and what you may or may not have seen on TV. We're going to be talking relationships, family, faith, business, basically whatever we are learning about, fighting about, or laughing about lately. We're going to be sharing our daily life, our struggles, successes, and our roses and thorns from each week. And we don't want this podcast to just be about us. So we're also going to go behind the scenes with some of the people who inspire us the most. We hope this podcast feels like you're joining us for a campfire. Come hang out. guys welcome back to the podcast we are excited that as of this week we are going back to every week episodes yes so super excited to be chatting with you guys every week we have some great guests coming on the show in the coming weeks and also some episodes of jared and i ranting about who knows what who knows what Whatever you guys tell us that you want us to talk about. Um, or whatever, whatever crosses our brains that we want to share. Thank you for listening to this podcast, even amidst all the quarantine. I know a lot of you guys well, this lost. Is what better time? I know, but a lot of our listeners listen to the podcast on their commute to work, and this now they don't true. have a commute to work anymore. That's very so true. So thank you for still listening to the podcast, even if you're at home um, or listening to it in the normal time that you would commute yeah. to work well, since you gained that extra time back. Hopefully everyone will be recommuting. Yes, true. Um, By the time this podcast airs, hopefully that will be starting to happen. But um, anyways, we have a great uh, conversation that we want to share with you guys today. We are sitting down with Jenny Allen, which if you guys remember back in the fall, we had Jenny and Zach Allen on the podcast. Um, They talked about viewing life as in semesters and how to prevent burnout and the difference between um, or how we can learn from our circumstances and mm-hmm. our consequences. Anyways, it was a really, really great episode. I think it was episode 44. So if you haven't listened to them together on the episode, it's a great one to go circle back yeah, on. But definitely. today we have just Jenny on the podcast in light of her new book that recently came out. It's already been on the New York Times bestseller list for seven weeks <laughs> um, since its launch. And it is called Get Out of Your Head, Stopping the Spiral of Toxic Thoughts which I feel like is a very pertinent book to everything that's going on in our world Definitely. right now. Yeah. <laughs> so we, when we recorded or when we scheduled this interview with Jenny, it was long before all mm-hmm. this stay home quarantine madness. So um, just cool, the timing of it in light of everything that's going on, the message and a lot of the wisdom that she has to share today, I think will just hit home for everyone listening and yeah. that we're all going through such a similar hard season together. And I think she just gives a lot of great encouragement and practical nuggets for just how you can prevent yourself from going down the spiral of toxic thinking um, or letting fear or doubts or anxiety to overcome your thoughts and how we can instead take our thoughts captive and actually change our thoughts and point them in a different direction. So really great conversation. We're excited to share with you guys. Anything else, babe? Uh, no, yeah, it's a, it's a great convo. We we were actually able to 
to meet uh, Zach and Jenny when we were on our book tour last year. Yeah. And so love them. think they're doing awesome stuff. Actually, I think by the time this podcast airs, it'll have been almost exactly a year since we met them. Yeah. <laughs> Which is Which, kind of fun. when Odge says that, I mean, that's what, in a week? Yeah, a couple yeah. weeks. So, <laughs> so but still, um, cool. yeah, pretty cool. Um, also, wanted to tell you guys just really quick uh, I know a lot of you guys have been watching our Instagram lives that we've been doing in the evenings, and we've shared about this book, Every Moment Holy, a lot. We've shared about it on the podcast, but also on social yeah. media. Uh, but just kind of wanted to timestamp this discount code into the podcast because we haven't shared it there yet. I reached out to the people that wrote Every Moment Holy and asked if they could offer a discount code since so many of you guys have been sharing that you've been interested in getting the book or wanted to get it. So you can get the Every Moment Holy liturgy book for 20% off. The discount code is EMHROLLOFF20, and that'll get you that book for 20% off. So um Again, E-M-H as in every moment. <clears throat> holy. Excuse me. Every moment, holy. Roll off 20. Yeah. yeah. And again, if you have no idea what we're talking about, basically it's a liturgy book. It's a, mo- um, it's it's a so- modern day liturgy modern book. Modern day liturgy book. I know that's it's somewhat of an oxymoron, written. but it's really well done. It's like a bunch of little, basically like sort of poetic Just prayers. Just let them... Let them- Figure it out, though. Um, but really, really cool. So anyways, check it out if you guys haven't yes. yet. And let's dive into our conversation with Jenny. Here we go. Hey, Jenny. Thanks for being on the podcast today. I love talking to you guys. How yes. are y'all doing? We are... We're holding up. Yeah, we're we're doing good. We're, I'd say we're, we're doing actually great. doing good, considering the circumstances. Yeah, considering... We've embraced it. Right well, now... Well, <laughs> y'all are still in those unique like months of baby baby where it's kind of nice to be home you know what we would probably be home anyway right that's that's (laughs) kind of or at least like right now we would we should be weaning off of our our leave yeah we were coming off of though a lot of home time already so it didn't feel like that much of a change but what about you how are you guys doing how are you holding up through all this yeah it's been quite a whirlwind of highs and lows because in some ways it's been sweet my college age son just came home and yeah. I've got all my kids, you know, under the roof. And I love that even yeah. though it requires a lot of cooking. Uh, oh my <laughs> um, gosh. It's been great. <laughs> um, and so, you know, there's been that sweetness and then there's also just the, you know, you, you turn on the news and you kind of can't believe this is real that yeah. we're not in some movie. And yeah, it is quite interesting time. So I think just leading an organization, making sure my team's okay. A lot of them are single. I, I didn't want mm. any of them to get um, stuck at home alone for, for Mm -hmm. months. And so just taking care of them and making sure they're okay. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a new day, isn't it? It totally is. We feel the same way. We're like waking up going, Whoa, is this, I mean, we're all going to remember 20, like 2020 COVID-19 forever. This is, this is a, uh, a a world stamp event. Yeah, totally. It does feel a little surreal. Yeah, we wake up every morning and I'm like, I always have that. My first thought in the morning is like, was this a dream? Have I been dreaming? Is this real? Okay, yeah, yeah it's real. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, just... it's two weeks of it and I still, yeah, I still do that every morning. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot I, believe I it. I think yeah. it's also frustrating or weird too because we're also in a weird point in time where informa- like we're in the information age, but there's, you know, there's good things and bad things about that. And so nobody really like, knows what's real. Hmm. 
And so I think there's mm. definitely that sense too of everyone's kind of like looking at like, is this real? But then I don't know where to go to find out what's real And or it's not. changing so much. Like what was real four days ago is now not anymore or it's now different, yeah. you know? But or- also depending on, you know, we each have our own feeds, curated <laughs> feeds, and yeah. it's just like, nobody knows. There's no consistent story across mm. all platforms, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's crazy. I know. Yeah, I think that would be the biggest you know, whether it's on the financial, um, you know, level, whether it's on the health yeah. level, whether it's on, you know, what's what's ahead for our schedules and schooling and all that. It just feels like this, you know, the analogy I keep using is um, when I was 15 years old, I went, you know, caving, which has a name like spelunking or something. And yeah. I don't remember what it is, but I... I was in a cave and they turned out all the lights and that's what it feels like. It's yeah. like, you don't know what's up from down. You don't know, you don't, you know, there's light and you know, you're going to get to it, but you don't really know which way to go to get there. And yes, so it's just kind of, I think everybody is in that place. And mm-hmm. as leaders and people who, you know, talk to people, you know, but all of us do that. It, it, it feels especially vulnerable because yeah. you want to be encouraging and you want to be helpful. And yet you're in the dark with everybody else too yeah. in the yeah. cave, you know? Yeah, well, and that's actually something I we definitely wanted to talk to you about that because I that totally resonates with us and like where we're at with all this because we're trying to find the balance between wanting to lead people well and like point people to Jesus amidst all of this craziness, but then also trying to navigate what that looks like on our own, you know, like in our own life. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this weird tension of like, okay, like we want to be able to like bring give people more peace and give people more hope and more joy and like yeah. these things and like create resources and like how can we meet needs during this time but then we also have to kind of go introvert and go like okay lord what do you want to teach me through this and like how you know what i mean i think when you're outward focused when yeah. you're a leader it can be so tempting to like want to help other people but we also have to like take this moment for ourselves too so i don't know any yeah. advice that you can speak to for anyone listening that's in any type of leadership position through this like how well i think you, you just said it yeah i mean i think you just said it i think um you know i've been quiet largely online um we're gonna make some announcements i think starting tonight or tomorrow but about what we're thinking with if gathering and, but I honestly, I mean, I have, I've had to do a lot of just praying and processing because there's not going to be an answer. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not going to figure this out a week from now or a month from now. Like the, the unknowns aren't going to go away for a while. I I don't think. Yeah. And so how do we lead and, and where I've landed is we, you know, the, the, the mission hadn't changed. Mm-hmm. What we're supposed to be doing hadn't changed. Yes. The means and the methods might, but but that's just always true, right? Like we've always got to be reevaluating that. And so the gift of this moment is just that everything's on the table. And that's what I told mm-hmm. my team. You know, yeah. I said, um, you know, we've got to solve some problems, but ultimately nothing has changed about our goals. It's that everything might have changed about how we do how we do it yeah foreseeable yeah foreseeable future so so i think you nailed it i i think it's it's we we've lost our bearings but we really haven't like we Mm. still have the same goal people still need hope the coolest thing i've seen is people are hungry for god in a way they haven't been totally and yes i think that's what we've got to realize and focus on is who is open to to god right now that that wasn't two weeks ago and and that's a lot of people. I've had fantastic, you know, 
conversations with people um, that that I haven't had prior just because they're they're more tender, you know. So yeah. so I think I think we've got to be still looking, even though we're in our homes, you know, there's a million ways to connect now that we're all finding and and how do we continue to do that with people? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I just I had a thought, I don't know if this I'm I don't know if I'm gonna articulate it as well as in my brain I'm thinking it, but like I feel like for us too, it's in a sense made I feel so much more relate. I feel like I can relate so much more to our communities and like our listeners and our readers and just everyone online because everyone's kind of going through this together. Whereas sometimes I feel like as a leader, you can feel a little bit like you don't relate to people or like you want Mm -hmm. to relate, but like there's a little bit of a gap there or something. But like right now we're all going through very, very similar struggles. Yeah, it's bringing the world together in a really cool way. Yeah, I feel like it's allowed us to reach people in a different way that we haven't been able to before because we're like in their same shoes, you know? Well, unless you have Amazon stock, it's scary. You know, I mean, it's (laughs) it's like every every industry just about has been seriously hit. Yeah. and then unless, mm. you know, you don't watch the news, that it's scary. So, mm. yeah. so it's, it just, I think we, you're right. There's a, there's a common, um, there's a commonness to just what our fears are right now. Um, there's a looking out for each other. I think we all feel right now too in this and it is sweet and, and I don't want to waste it. And I think as a leader, that's the urgency I feel. It's not to like give out something smart or like write a great post or, you know, it's nothing like that. It's more of just people do need to be led because we're all scared and, and we want to lead in a way that's helpful. And what's so great about us is we have this hope and this help that is, is even more helpful in trouble, right? It's like, it's like God is even sweeter in trouble and, and, and that's what we get to give. And it, and it doesn't, he doesn't sway. And Mm. while we feel helpless, he is not. And while know, while everything feels chaotic, like he has it, he has it. And so I do feel excited. And that's what I keep telling my team is, is this is such a fun time to get to do what we do. Is it secure? Like, can I promise you you'll have a job six months from now? I can't. But while we do, we get to like run as fast as we can Mm -hmm. and as hard as we can in the mission God gave us, you know, when we were all saved, not when we started working here, but when we were saved. Totally. And, and I think something about this is super pure. Yeah. And it, and I think it'll cause, I think it'll cause um, good for the gospel. I just, I really believe that. Yeah, yeah we do too. I, we we do definitely too. sense a, a verse that. that's really been kind of, we've been saying a lot is that um, the earth is his and all that dwell in it. And I just think that's, you know, that's such a grounding principle right now for us. And, and, you know, I hope for many other people, he's got this and he works all things out for his glory. Um, Mm -hmm. so I love that. That's so good. It's so hopeful. I think it is our only hope, right? It (laughs) is. We literally lost all our other hopes. They're all in the the balance. In a blink of an eye too. It's, it's just, a lot of people are realizing how fragile we are, you know, and, and, Mm -hmm. and, It's just, we are so fragile. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we want to talk about your book because I, <laughs> I'm sure you're now sensing like God's timing in the launch of your book in a totally different way than you did when you probably wrote it, you know, years ago or whenever you did. But um, yeah. get out of your head, stopping the spiral of toxic thoughts 
probably can relate to a lot of people right now. <laughs> There's probably yeah. a lot of people that are spiraling in toxic thoughts with so much yeah. just uncertainty and anxiety and fear and doubt and chaos and frustration and just there's mm. so much unknown and it can be so tempting to go there and mm -hmm. so like what a relevant message to the world right now and so I'm really excited that we got this podcast scheduled way before mm. we knew that this was going to happen and yeah I just feel like it's very relevant and timely and I'm sure you're seeing God work in the timing of this in so many different ways but um First, you're you're not in the middle of launch anymore. Like you're kind of past the launch of this thing's been out. It's been on New York Times list now for what a couple weeks, like seven. Yeah, it's crazy. Man, no big awesome. deal. That's like on New York Times for seven no weeks. Deal. No <laughs> yeah, big deal. It's crazy. Um, it's crazy. So talk a little bit about like what this thing, you know, from just an author yeah. perspective, because I'm just curious, like. How has all of this impacted the launch of this book and the message getting out to people? Have there been things that have had to change or has most of it kind of been checked off the list before this hit? Yeah. Well, I do think it resonated before this, but I also think that this just, what this did was it leveled the playing field. There's nobody that is not struggling with spiraling thoughts, right? Like we're all- yes afraid and we're all afraid together. And I think the conversation about our minds and our thought lives being open right now is urgent. I think it is always urgent. And I felt the war around this book, like just that this wasn't about thinking better thoughts. This was about our livelihoods, our happiness, our futures, our relationships. It was so, there was so much on the line when I did the work and realized our thoughts are affecting everything. So it's not like there's more on the line now. It's that we're all aware and there's a narrative of fear in our day that I think helps us talk about our feelings and our thoughts in a way that maybe we don't always do or certain people don't always do. So that's exciting. And I think that there's nothing new under the sun. And and so <laughs> we're not, while nothing in our lifetime has ever happened like this, We've already heard the stories of, of other, you know, generations that have struggled with things like this. And so what, what you see in history and what you see in this moment is that, um, that fear perhaps is the worst enemy that we're fighting. Um, it isn't, certainly the disease can take life, but fear can divide, fear can paralyze, fear can separate in a way that is destructive, um, fear, fear can also kill, you know? And so we've got a, we've got an enemy in this that he keeps calling, you know, Trump keeps calling it the invisible enemy. And that's true with the mm -hmm. virus, but it's also true with fear. Yeah. And, and as the church, we are called to not be subject to our fear. It's not that we'll never be afraid. Um, certainly the disciples were afraid, you know, there's moments throughout um, the Bible that it's clear that fear is a part of life. Yeah. And um, so it's not wrong that we're afraid but we're called to live above that fear that we're called to not live in, in um, submission to the fear. We're called to, to rise above the fear and to give hope because we actually have it. So, yeah. so I think that's what I'm excited for the church to do is to show everybody a different way. Like, yes, we're not naive and we're not, um, we're not, we're also facing the same financial fears and the same health fears for our loved ones. 
Um, but we are not paralyzed in fear because there is something that is, is at work that, that death is not the scariest thing. Losing all we own is not the scariest thing. Yeah, totally. Not being able to provide is not the scariest thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I was reading this morning in, and I don't often read in the message, but I'm reading a book right now by Eugene Peterson and he quoted, um, the message and I thought it was a great, (laughs) um, a great summary of a verse in Matthew 10 that um, how he wrote it was, you know, God, God loves a canary that that's worth a few pennies. Um, And and he cares for it and he gives it what it needs. You know, how much more is he going to take care of you? You know, it's a summary of that verse, um, the lilies and all that. And, and so I, I was reading that and I, I felt like what, what God was saying to me through that was, Hey girl, um, <laughs> this is how God talks to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Hey girl, listen, this is my message. This is the Jenny message version. Yeah. Um, uh, hey girl, you're you're going to be worried about a lot of things because you do, and that's who you are, mm-hmm. and I know. Mm-hmm. But I need you to know, like in the midst of your spiraling, in the midst of your worry, what I need you to know, like without a doubt, is that I'm not confused. Mm, that's so good. And that I am not, I'm not unaware. Like, I know that you're unaware and I know you mm-hmm. are confused, but you need to know I am not. And I, I received in the passage in a different way than I had in, in the regular version. I probably memorized it in Awanas, you know, back in the third grade. <laughs> yes. um, I received in a different way today being the canary, like <laughs> just really fully like being the bird. And like, I... I really don't know. And I am really genuinely flying around in my mind all the time. And I can't, I can't provide like what I want to provide for my kids, what I want to provide for my organization, what I want to provide for the people I minister to. I can't, I can't quite get it. And so mm-hmm. it's cool. Cause I'm like, and so this morning when I, when I was on a staff call with my team and I was doing Um, we were doing a conversation about this. I said, I just, I want you to know, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't promise you that, but I promise you today that as much as I know, we're going to keep obeying Mm -hmm. God. Like, we're not going to make decisions out of fear. We're going to trust that God knows, and we're going to keep our heads down and we're going to do the next thing he says. And I think our hope today is that he really does know (laughs) and he really has a plan and we've just got to keep our heads down and, you know, do our do our little canary yeah. flying yeah, around. <laughs> totally. That's good. I thank you for sharing that scripture too. And yeah, and from the message that was, that resonates with me. So I'm sure it will resonate with a lot of people too. Listening. It, it is cool because Christians have like, we, at this point in time, you know, we have a perspective about, of fear that I think a lot of people don't. Um, and it's simply because of, of what, you know, we're offered in scripture and what Christ offered us. And fear is is like a totally reasonable emotional response, but we get to recognize it for what it actually is and then respond not in fear. It's like, it's okay to get fearful. Mm -hmm. And and there's this flare up of Mm -hmm. like alertness to like, oh, whoa, this is scary. But then Mm -hmm. we can ground ourselves, recognize it as fear and then respond accordingly yeah. And yeah, and I think that that okay, so let's flesh that out. Yeah. Because yeah. I think what you're saying 
is, okay, so if I go back prior to working on this book, what you just said, I knew, but I still walked through an 18 month season of, of flailing and doubt mm-hmm. and fear. Um, and I think it surprised me looking back because I mean, again, like if I look at my background, I was raised in a Christian home. Yeah, I went, I was blessed enough to get to go to seminary. I mean, I've got a lot of knowledge and a genuine faith. Like it's not something that I picked up from my parents. Like I genuinely came to faith in, in Jesus. And I, and so I lost it still. And I think that's where a lot of people are right now. It's like, yes, they want that grounding and they, but it's almost like that feeling of, um, you know, I keep using analogies today because sometimes it's like, there's just no yeah. other way to explain things, but, um, they're but helpful. That, yeah. Um, you know, that, that, um, yeah, do y'all remember on the playground growing up where you, somebody would spin that, that turny thing and you'd like be holding on for dear life. And it, I don't even know if yeah. they make them anymore because kids probably flew off and died. I, but, ab- I absolutely, or no, the, hate, I absolutely hated that thing. I hated that thing. And and somehow whoever was pushing me pushed me so fast that I would get sick and I couldn't even see. Like Uh, until I would be and I think it's like that feeling for some people where they want to be on that grounding, but this circumstance is like pushing them so fast Mm. that they can't they're scared. I would be scared to put my feet down. I knew the ground was right there. I knew this was a little bitty metal thing. Like I could rationalize all of that as true and Mm -hmm. and that I was gonna be okay. But I still couldn't put my feet down because I felt like it was going too fast or like I wanted to put my feet down on God. And so I think, yeah, I think we're used, like we're really at a unique moment right now to be talking to people because yeah. they're, they're feeling that and they want what you're saying, but they don't know how to get it. Yeah. Right. So can, can we dive a little bit more into this, this darker season that you re- yeah. just referenced and, you know, what were your thoughts that were spinning out of control you know, mm-hmm. just kind of go into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. like you just mentioned, a lot of our listeners are going to relate to that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, it was 3 a.m. every night. I've heard from a lot of people that that's their time too, where they worry. And and that's not that wasn't new in that 18 month season, but it was really regular. It was almost every single night. And mm. I would wake up um, and I would I would have these thoughts, and again, I really can see this now, but I could not at the time that this was the enemy. Like I can see that so clearly now. When I say it, it's yeah. so obvious. But I, during the entire eighteen months, I did not. That never crossed my mind. Interestingly enough, um, but I would question if God was real. I would, I would start to just, just little thoughts, like passing thoughts that honestly I've not struggled with a lot in life, um, but they were thoughts of, you know, I don't know. I feel like it probably goes to black. It wasn't that I was uh, like giving up on Christian faith. It was just, I just didn't know if there was any faith, you know, like there was any God. Mm. And, and so I, and those little questions and they would just be questions in my mind, but I would, I would kind of think about them and I would ruminate on them, but I honestly never thought they were a big deal. Like I didn't even give them much thought in the daytime, but over months they grew. And I remember being um, a few things that were red alerts to me. One was um, I would be teaching in front of people, like I'm a Bible teacher. And so I'd be teaching. And as I'd be teaching, I would be starting to ask those same questions while I was teaching. Like, is this even true? And do you oh, really believe this? And yeah. so it started to really bleed into the daytime. And I, I was, I felt like I was losing my faith. And 
And I, and I, and I remember eventually like having those conscious thoughts of like, it feels like I'm losing my faith and I don't know what to do. Well, what the natural kind of result of that is, um, a fear of death, you know, because that has been the answer for death for me. And I've had a a ton of hope in that. And, and so, um, you know, came out, I remember, um, uh, came out really dramatically when I watched, um, one of the Avenger movies where, um, sorry if this is a spoiler, you know, spoiler alert, if you have not seen them all, we but haven't seen those. I don't think no, it's okay. Spoil away. One, you probably heard this little fact that the good guys, um, the good guys vanish in the end. Like they die. It looks like they die in the end. And I, and that's how the movie ends. And, and I, I watched that and they kind of disappear like vaporize kind of. Yeah. And I, I left that and I was like, I couldn't breathe. And I couldn't think about anything else for days. It's an Avengers movie for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. It was such an irrational reaction. And, but it was just, that was what I was afraid of. Like we just went to dust and then nothing mattered. And, mm. um, and it was just so paralyzing to me to, to lose my footing into that foundation, Jeremy, that you were just talking about. Like yeah. I lost, it just felt like it was gone and, and it terrified me. And then, um, yeah, I was in Uganda. So the, the resolution, um, was I was in Uganda with some good friends and we were there with a ministry called food for the hungry. And we were in their office in the middle of nowhere. We'd taken a little bitty plane to get to this part of Uganda. Then we'd driven for like four hours. I mean, we were just in the middle of nowhere, mm, man. And yeah. this office full of people, um, from there that lived in this little remote village, um, were reading the devotional for the day and they read the verse I would recite over and over again in the middle of the night. And it was, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to the grave, if I go to Sheol, even there, you will, your, your, your spirit will find me. And so there was such, I, I, I started bawling my sweet friend. I mean, they just read the verse and I was weeping. <laughs> my sweet friend was like, what is wrong? Yeah. And I finally kind of opened up. Like I have been fighting my faith. And it just felt like God saw me there in Uganda. So I open up. And the first time I say it out loud, the first thing I think is, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, (laughs) I do believe in God. I love him. I've seen him work in miraculous ways. There's no way there's not a God. So that was the first thing I thought. And the second thing was, I think I've been under attack. And it was so obvious when I said it out loud, but I had never said it out loud in 18 months. I'd sat there and bought it. And so when, when I'm thinking about this war for people, I'm thinking that there's, there's, it's a war, you know, I'm not thinking like, gosh, we we should think better thoughts. I'm thinking there's a war for our minds. And if Mm, he gets us alone in the dark, we'll believe anything, you know? And, and it really is, it is we're giving all the authority away when we just sit there and, and believe lies and listen. And it's just like, I just got mad. I got mad that for so long Mm -hmm. I had just been, I kind of let him have his way of just talk, beat me up. And I just, I had let it happen for so long. And so I think this book came out of like this feisty, you know, anger of like, no, like, and, and in a million different ways, he's getting all of us, right? Like some people are not having, that, um, that crisis of faith or, or something in that category, but anxiety, fear, um, doubt about ourselves, what we can contribute. Um, I mean, 
uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's so many different things yeah. for all of us. So just continuing off of that, you know, real quick, you ended up addressing this fear, confronting it rather. Uh, and then you talk in the book a little bit about, you know, taking captive um, our thoughts and our minds needing to be redeemed. Could you branch into that a little bit? Yeah. Yes. So, you know, what I, what I saw was one of the great, like, you know, when I look back at that time um, period, there's a few things that I saw. Number one, I saw um, myself not noticing what my thoughts were, you know, and, and evil loves to not be noticed, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's, that's its main goal is it it doesn't, it's not going to be obvious or you would notice it and you would push it away. It's going to come in some subtle way for you. And so that, that was one thing I noticed. Another thing I noticed was, was that I never brought community into it. Another thing I noticed was that I was a victim to my mind. I never fought back. And so when I set out to write this book, I really looked at um, science and the Bible because I thought, okay, we've learned a lot about the brain in the last, you know, two decades. And so what do we know and how does that, and I thought I might find a little bit of a dichotomy between the Bible and science, but it was really hopeful because God built our brains. And what science is (laughs) revealing over and over again is that we can change our minds. And that's what scripture said. You know, if I were to say, don't feel scared, don't feel sad, you know, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, okay, that doesn't help. Yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but, but if I say, don't dwell on that thing that you're thinking about, you actually have a lot of authority and power over what you think about. So our feelings are a little bit more of a reaction to probably what we are thinking about or to our circumstances or to our life. But our thoughts are actually more in our control and power than we realize. And science will tell you that and the Bible will tell you that. Mm-hmm. And so I was really encouraged and hopeful that that this authority that I'm speaking of is is biblical. And this authority I'm speaking about is also scientific. Like we we really have been given more authority than we than we think. And so the first thing that I have people do is to notice their thoughts, to begin to keep a journal and to start to just jot down what it is they're thinking about all the time. Yeah. This is so interesting because everyone is fascinated by their own thoughts and they can't believe what they think about. They don't even notice Um, because until they write them down, it's like, gosh, I haven't even thought about what I think about. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so to start to notice is, is really a first step of, of even beginning to fight because we don't even know what it is largely that we're thinking about. And so just a little bit of the science that's super interesting. Um, We think about 9,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. Wow. So between you two, I'd be curious, like, who do you think is more on the 9,000 and who is more on the 60,000? Oh, Oh, Jared's a thinker. Well, I was going to say, I'm the doer. Jared's the thinker. Jared thinks, thinks, thinks hard. Like he's like the go inward processor. <laughs> He's always thinking. And it's funny as you're saying I was this, Jenny, say you I'm kind more. of smiling at Jerry because I recently started asking Jeremy at the end of every day, Hey, what's one thing you thought about today that I don't know about? Like just rant, like, mm, that's such a good question. and like, because there's not a lot of moments in the day for him to like, you know, have, it's just never a good time. Oh to my like, goodness. Now that you say that I've just realize you have been asking me that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know. And it's like, it's never a good time to really like unpack what's going on in his brain, but he's such an inward thinker that he sometimes just forgets to like process some things with me. And then when he does find that time that he feels ready to talk about it, he feels like I need to be at Z when I haven't even been at B, C, E, G. Like I need to be caught up. 
And so it's been a really cool thing to just like, Hmm. like you said, he doesn't even realize all the things that he's thinking about throughout the day. And so when I ask that question, you can see his mind kind of going like, oh, wow, I really thought about this a lot today. And then I thought about this. And then like we have a conversation. Yeah. And half the time, Anyways, like, it's just I was thinking about that the whole time you're saying that because it's so true. We don't really know what we think about until we get asked or we're making a practice of like writing it down, you know? That's good. Yes. And I think I think that's cute because I actually thought, yeah, I mean, we've had dinner together and we've spent a little bit of time talking online too. I, I thought you would say that. I thought you would say he has more thoughts than you. Like being yeah. around him, I'm like, he's, he's a little more like, I'm, and then I relate because I'm a little ADD, like just thinking all the time, like thinking of the next thing, thinking, you know. Yeah. And so anyway, I picked up on that. But that's cute because <laughs> all of us are different. And I think it's good to kind of know that like Zach is so funny because I'm the one that thinks way too many thoughts. And he was like, Jenny, you do not, you didn't start off with a lot of expertise here, but I will say you have a lot of thoughts like that. I can give you like you have more thoughts than any other human I've ever met. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I get that. And I think, I think it's good to kind of know where you fall on that. And then here's a few more stats that are super interesting. So this is science yeah. that has done this study. I have no idea how they know this kind of thing, but they said 85% of humans thoughts are negative. 95% of our thoughts are repetitive from the day before. So that Whoa. is terrifying. It means we're thinking the same negative things over and over and over again. And so this is a human problem. And that's not in crisis, right? Like that's just, that's not a national world crisis. Um, that's just in a given Monday. So, you know, crazy. I do think we've got a huge problem. And and what does it look like to to change the way we think? So so the first thing I have people do is to start to notice their thoughts. Um, and, and usually what will happen is you'll see a theme and you don't have to write all like 30,000 of your thoughts down, but within five minutes, 10 minutes, you'll see a theme to your thoughts that typically revolves around a worry, a fear, um, something, something that you're, you're chewing on in general, you know? And, and so we try to help people get to a place of identifying what that theme is, because then you have something to attack rather than oh my gosh, 85%, that would make, let's say I have an average of 30,000 thoughts a day, that would be like 20 something thousand negative thoughts a day. You can't take all those captive. That just feels totally exhausting. (laughs) Impractical, yeah. Yeah. Right, not practical. So when you start to boil it down though, there's really just a few lies that we're believing that that we can interrupt and we can start to, to feed truth to and it really can change. It can change. I think that's the thing that's so fun and hopeful. And I've seen it happen for people and I've seen it happen in my own life where they don't believe that they can change. They think this is yeah. just how I am. And and science would, would say you can. Now, I want to say real quickly about mental illness because it's so real mm-hmm. and it's so prevalent that I'm not saying you can change your chemical makeup. You can yeah, change, totally. you know, a physical struggle like anxiety or depression that's diagnosed and, and really requires or needs medicine. That's not what I'm saying. I'm thankful for medicine. It has served a huge role in our lives and um, at times it's needed. I, yeah. I just mean our patterns of thinking can be interrupted and changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and it's so good that you're saying this and what better time I mean, I was listening to our online church from our pastor on Sunday, and he, one of his like main points was like, think about what you think about. Like, what better time right now mm-hmm. than right now to think about what you think about? Like, we all have so much more time to think, you know, <laughs> we're, we're home and to really like 
think about the things that we do and like question the things that we do. Like we're all being squeezed. And so like what's coming out of us, those thoughts, like to think about them, like this could be like a really pivotal time in a lot of people's lives to change those thought patterns, you know? And so, yeah, I think that just is, that's just a really cool practice. And thank you for laying that out so well for us. Yeah. I really want to do that. I mean, I think what everybody (laughs) needs to hear too is just that they're not a, they're not alone. Like mm-hmm. all of us are, are fighting things in our mind. I remember one guy interviewed me. This was weeks ago. I don't think he'd say it right now, but he said, so is this for crazy people? <laughs> I was oh my like, gosh. yes, yes. <laughs> and we are all crazy. Yeah. Yes. You know, and I, I was oh like, this is, this is cute that you think you're above this, but we're all, you know, and, and I think what the cool thing is about this moment is we all, we all are wrestling with all this, you know, and, and it's, it's real. We can't yeah, avoid it. Totally, totally. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, on, I was just gonna say. So, continue us on your your journey here. So, you know, you recognized, you know, what was going on. You started, you know, just cataloging your thoughts mm-hmm. and taking them captive, and then lead us a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of where where are you at now? Lead us kind of through the tail end of, or I guess you're still in it, maybe, yeah. but just lead us through the next step of the process. Your, your journey, I mean, your, yeah, your no, process. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, let me give people a lot of hope. I'm definitely not in it anymore. And so I feel good. incredibly um, free of that season. Awesome. I feel like I, I, I absolutely <laughs> firmly believe in, in God and and have no um, – that you really just don't struggle with that at all anymore, which wow. is, I'm so grateful for. I struggle, I struggle with lots of other things, but but I don't struggle with my faith. And, and I think, if anything, it solidified it all the more, you know, it just, yeah. it, it made it stronger. And, and so that's, that's certainly hopeful. I would say yes. in my fear <laughs> of death, you know, it's not that I never struggle with that, but, but I do feel just so trusted. I mean, kind of back to the canary thing, like, okay, God, you're God, I'm the canary, <laughs> you know, like you, you're the boss yeah, and right. I trust you to take care yeah. of, you know, these things. And so having relationship with him again, I think that's what was so scary about it was, you know, what the enemy did in that season was he, he struck at the thing that could rock everything, right? Like it, it would affect my whole life if I lost faith. And, and so, you know, if, if I'd gotten cancer or something like that, I would have just been like, God's going to use that, you know, like it just, faith would have fed that, but he, he struck at the thing that took away somewhat of my relationship with God and, and my hope and my desire to, um, you know, so I think what I, what I see now in that is, is just what he meant for, for evil. God absolutely used for good and is using for good because it is, yeah, I mean, it's it's giving people confidence and, and belief that they can change and that they're not stuck in the patterns that they've been in, even if it's as long as 18 months, you know? Um, so, so what it looks like now, I mean, I, I shared that with friends, uh, friends, immediately without me asking, began fasting and praying for me. Um, they fought for me in such a real way. And I'm so grateful for them for that. It was about, I would say about six weeks of processing and coming out of that season to where I really felt freedom. I wouldn't say it was overnight, but I also wouldn't say it was months and months, you know? Um, and I think that's, that's hopeful to people is just the way our brains are made. Um, you, if you think a thought, from the time you think that thought and everybody's heard about the neurons and the pathways and all that, well, those neurons actually have a brain, like each 
neuron in your brain has a brain too yeah. and kind of a boss. And, and those little bosses, um, when you think a thought, they have the neurons go and build uh, like a little city around that thought. Well, that yeah. takes 10 minutes from the time you think a thought till there's a little city that exists from that thought in your brain. Huh. 10 minutes go by. So our that brains are actually working. And I, isn't that fascinating? And so what, what that made me feel yeah. was a lot of weight on my thoughts. So we need to be noticing our thoughts. They're very much affecting our chemistry and our, our brain and our physical being. Um, and so that's bad news when you have a lot of negative thoughts. Um, but it's very hopeful because that means one new thought that is positive can also build a little city. <laughs> like you can, you can change yeah. it and, and start to build new cities. And, and so I think that takes time when you've really built for 18 months, I've, I've wrestled with this doubt or fear. It didn't just go away, you know, immediately, but over time and really praying and, and with scripture and good community that fought for me, I mean, it, it changed. And, and I think that's, yeah. that's the story I'm hearing over and over again from people is it can change. Man, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm really, I'm curious just, you know, with given the current state of affairs and so many people are like home with their kids right now and spending more time with their children than ever before, including probably you and Zach too, I'm guessing, or at least for since they were younger. Mm-hmm. How, you know, obviously this message is really important to you on a global scale and getting this book out and it's been very successful, but like, what does it look like for you to teach this message to your children? Like, how can you, how would you encourage like a lot of our listeners that are parents and they want to like, you know, not instill fear in their children and help break this spiral of toxic thoughts in their Mm. kids? Like, what are you doing to do that now for your own kids? Mm, That's such a good question. And I do think it is the number one question I get from people. I mean, Mm. just how do I help my kid? Like this is helping me, but I don't know how to help my kid. And and I think we we need to recognize that um, that sadly they are under more attack in their minds than any generation probably ever. They are struggling with anxiety and depression on numbers and suicidal thoughts on numbers and at younger ages than has ever been documented. I mean, it's totally yeah. unprecedented. So, so I think you absolutely um, brought up the right thing that this is, this is one thing for us. But when we look at our 11 year old, when we look at our, you know, teenager, when we look at our five year old, um, we have a whole different empathy and fire that rises in us to see them live more free. Yeah. Right. Like there, there's something in us, um, whether you're a parent or Definitely. just you care about the next generation, you, you feel it of mm-hmm. no, like we're, we're going to fight for you. And so I guess first I would say Definitely. you have to do this work. You cannot lead your children where you have not gone. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You cannot lead them to freedom if you don't know freedom. So and good. so the greatest thing you can do for them is to do the work for yourself. And I say work because it's work. Those six weeks, yeah. I didn't passively pray. We fasted. Yeah. I was counseling. I met with um, with with advisors and pastors. Yeah. Like it's an I active thing. This as if my faith and life yeah. depended on it. That's a good. It is distinction. an active thing. We have got to take seriously mm-hmm. 
you know, we've got to take seriously the inputs in our lives. I, for a long time, I cut out watching anything. Mm, yeah. Like, I mean, even Avenger me, like I just had to cut out anything that, that prompted that fear of death. And I just, I had to be real. I mean, I watched like the cheesiest Hallmark movie. Like that was what I could do <laughs> if I watched TV, you know, and I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I had to make choices that protected my mind. Yeah. And, and we've got to be more active participants in how, you know, and take authority for our thoughts and not be victims to them. So that's the first thing is just as adults, like we've got to be the ones that, that do this first. And then as I have done this for myself, I've been able to help my kids in a very real time, authentic way. So for instance, my daughter struggles with dyslexia. It is a struggle every single day when she will say things, which she knows better, but she will say things like, I feel, I just wish I wasn't so dumb. Um, that's not true. Like she is brilliant <laughs> and works so yeah. hard. But when she says that, I can go to war with that in a way that I couldn't have if I hadn't been to war in my for my own thoughts. Does that make sense? So, yes. so I think what what it looks like for us is just is just me saying, hey, um, one, I mean, fighting for her and just saying, you know, that's not true. And why do you feel that? And where's that coming from? And just asking good questions. The most important thing, you don't need to feel paralyzed or panicked as a parent. Your kids are going to walk through hard things and it's going to make them. It is going to make them. You are not watching them. You are not watching them go through difficulty in some hopeless vacuum. This is, mm -hmm. our, if you think of your own life, why do you love God? Why do you have character? Why do you care about people struggling and and difficulty. It's your own struggles. It's whatever you've been through. So, so it's making them don't be afraid of it, but fight for them to talk to you in it. That's really good. Really good. Thanks for sharing that. I know that's going to be a huge encouragement. And even just like for me now, I think like our kids are young, you know, like Ember is two and a half. She's not really affected by this. She's just like more time with mommy and daddy. Great. <laughs> you know, but like, I think about like how we are processing this, like you said, you know, when it comes a time where there's a lot of uncertainty for her or fear for her or chaos in her life, like there obviously has been other things in Jeremy and I's life than what's going on right now. But like how we are choosing to respond to this and how we are like aligning ourselves with the Lord in it and learning from this and growing from this is going to prepare us for those moments with her and with Bodhi, our two month old, you know what I mean? And with the other kids that we have, like, I think as adults too, like it just was making me think like every hard thing that we go through is to shape us and refine us and teach us things, but also to prepare us for being able to relate to our kids in a new way and like see them through those things, you know? So I don't know, just a good hopeful Yeah, definitely. Well, I like what you said, Jenny, it, it makes them. Well, this has been really good, Jenny. Thank you so much for being on and sharing and such good insights pertinent to everything mm -hmm. that's going on. Um, just curious, we like to ask people a rose and thorn from the week that you might have had a high or low um, from this week. And then also what's something going on behind the scenes? Maybe something that not everybody knows about. Um, it could be something in your own personal life or in business or with if gathering or any, anything, some behind the scenes nugget. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Rose is easy. Having all my people home. My, I love it. We're all in the house together all day. Right now it has, it's worked because my older kids are helping with my younger and it's just, it's been so sweet. So yeah, that's awesome. That has been a highlight. 
Um, the low light has been trying to find toilet paper, y'all, in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> no way. Is that the whole country? Is oh, that just Dallas? Oh, you're it's ser- not that you're bad here. Is no. really, it's, it's difficult? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's no toilet paper. <laughs> oh, man. No, we have some. We're still coasting on like what we have left. But it's going to be so funny. I feel like it's a little better here. Yeah, it's a little better here. We're not like everyone's so green and save the earth in Portland that like they're already on conservation (laughs) toilet paper modes. (laughs) Well, when I even heard it was even a thing, I just Amazoned us a big old bin of it. And I mean, we're good for a month. So (laughs) we're good. Yeah, we need we were two and now we're out or or we'll be soon. Yeah, you got the whole family. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So yeah, we go fast. Um, And then the the thing that people don't know or behind the scenes right now that's super fun that we've not announced anywhere yet is um, we are, you know, it's it's this weird moment where we're just dreaming. How do we take the gospel in different ways to different people? And so the way we're going to do that right now is through something called IFTV. We have thrown this together super fast. We're going to have two shows that live uh, go live on Facebook and then also live on YouTube. And so it's been fun. Like my whole team's working on it. Nice. And it's a super fun little adventure that coronavirus has brought us. And, you know, we don't know when we're an event organization. So we don't know when we're going to be able to have events again. So we thought, yeah. what, wow. what can we do? And let's let's do it. So that's, that's super awesome. Fun. That's, that's awesome. really exciting. Thanks for yeah. sharing. I yeah. feel honored to, <laughs> yeah. to be the beholder yeah. of news. But yeah. Really yeah. Cool. Um, Thanks. Well, where can people find you? Where can we check out yeah. this new uh, IFTV? Uh, give us yeah. all, the, all the details. Yeah. So you can just go to ifgathering.com and we'll have all of that up for you. And you can awesome. check it out and see our shows. And then also, um, yeah, jennyallen.com, J-E-N-N-I-E-A-L-L-E-N.com. And it'll tell yes, you where to find everything And the book we else. were talking about today. Yeah. And the book is Get Out of Your Head. Stopping the spiral of toxic thoughts. So, yeah, and it's I have not I have not finished reading it yet, Jenny. But I'm very excited. It's on my quarantine read list, so I'm gonna get I after it. it. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so awesome. much. Thanks, guys, so much. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Tell well, Zach we say hello. Yeah. I will. I will. <laughs> All right. We'll talk soon. We'll talk Bye. soon. Bye, Jenny. What a timely conversation. Yes. Very. Yeah, great book. Uh, pick it up during this time since we all have uh, a little bit more of that maybe this time. I don't know. It's kind of one of those weird things where everyone's, everyone's like, we have more time, but then also we have less time. Life just looks so different. Yeah. So in some ways you have less time, especially if you have kids home that weren't yeah. before or. In either case, it is, uh, it's been a, I don't want to say unsettling, but uh, just an uprooting. Yes. Well, I guess you said it properly earlier babe it's been a squeezing mm-hmm. of everyone and then mm-hmm. we we all are seeing what's coming out of us um yeah I, actually that just reminds me one thing that i that's been i don't know i just want to mention it is i've seen a lot of people like totally complaining about being home with their kids mm, yeah and i just want to call that out as like you know you're being squeezed and that's what's coming out of you mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. just like complaining about being home with your kids i mean so I just want everyone to maybe like have a moment of reflection like, oh, wow, well, like how am I publicly talking about my children, yeah. my family? Mm-hmm. What's, you know, what matters to me the most? Is it negatively? And if mm-hmm. so, why? 
Is there a heart posture there that might need changing? Just a subtle challenge. It's just something I'm seeing a lot on the internet. And okay, there's some funny memes. You know, we can all have a little goof Mm -hmm. every now and then about just the reality we're all in. But there's been people seriously complaining about their children. And I just want to call that out as uh, not healthy. Yeah. And we get that there are difficulties. Like, you know, you work your full-time job to working parents and now you're both working from home and trying to do childcare. Like we get that it's hard. I mean, I totally, I have lots of friends in that position. And in some sense, you know, we're still coming off of like a maternity leave weirdness where we've already kind of both been home and navigating what that looks like already for the past couple months. But, you know, we lost our childcare. We're not, our parents are not watching our kids right now. We're recording podcasts during nap times and late at night and, mm-hmm. you know, making it work. But in the same sense, like, I think I like what Jer, I just think it's a good reminder what Jer said, just, you know. Just check your heart. Yeah. How you're talking about your family. And 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 view this as an opportunity to, like, embrace more time with your children and how, mm-hmm. maybe ask yourself the question, like, how can I be more intentional with my kids in this season? Even though it's hard and looks different. Yeah. Ultimately, you just gained more time with them. Like, yeah, shouldn't we definitely. all think that that's a, kind of a cool thing? Yeah. And, and I mean, Again, there's there's so many caveats like we could say. Yes, so t- take totally, that for totally. what it is. Um, totally. We want to bless all of you <laughs> with a free book, a free audio book. We're actually partners with uh, Audible, which, as you might know, is owned by Amazon. And uh, so we have a special discount code for our listeners only. You can get 30 days free Audible, everything they offer, which is thousands and thousands of audiobooks and, you know, all that. Um, You also get your first download free. So great chance if you haven't listened to our book yet to give that a listen. But of course, you have access to thousands and thousands of books and you get your first 30 days uh, totally free. So you just need to go to audibletrial.com backslash rolloff. Again, audibletrial.com backslash Roloff. And uh, yeah, you'll get a free free 30-day trial and a free audiobook on us. Yeah. And if you do make that audiobook A Love Letter Life, we do read our audiobook. So it's actually yes. Jeremy and I's voices. So it'll sound a lot like the podcast. I read my parts that I wrote. Jerry reads his yes. parts that he wrote. And it's a great time to uh, read a book, pick up a book, uh, or listen to a book rather. So hope you guys take advantage of that. Yep. Um, anything else, babe? I think that's it. That's it for this week. That's it for this week. Please don't forget to share the episode. Share the episode. We uh, we buy five of you coffee every week. Well, I think we're that's changed actually a little bit now because people we're can't we're go changing out. the dynamics of it a little bit. We're doing like stay, Uber Eats delivery. Stay up to date on the Instagram. And yeah, we'll have all those details. Different there. fun giveaways every week. So we appreciate you guys and uh, glad to be back in full swing. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. <laughs>